Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. My new book, Return on Relationships, launching on June 10th, 2023, introduces the concept of return on relationships, a new metric for business growth. Grab a copy. Let me walk you through how to be a better leader and provide you with exclusive tools to guide you in building your authentic leadership legacy. You can find the link in the show notes to pre-order your copy today. Hope you enjoy. Our interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Hi, everyone. It's Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, today, I have a special colleague that I met through a friend in Cayman Islands, and it's it's talk. It's a funny thing about connections. So, hi, Trina. So glad you could be here with us today. Oh, I'm excited to be here. And Kim, if you're listening, this is happening because of you. Yeah. Um, so uh, Trina is um, has is in a a field that I think most of us would find very intriguing. I'll, I'll just read a little bit about her bio and we'll jump right in because we're going to have such a fantastic conversation. Uh, Trina Rilkoff is a conflict management and resiliency specialist, international author and the founder of TLR Solutions for Conflict, Inc., as a trauma-informed mediator, psychological health and safety advisor, workplace fairness and restoration analyst, and the resiliency tra trainer and facilitator. Her passion is to support leaders, organizations, and businesses to become the architects of their conflict-resilient workplace. And what's the easiest, cost-effective way to make improvements in a business that have sometimes no cost is listening to what the employees want and need. So I recently did a workplace assessment and what was interesting was through the assessment and it was not just the survey, but then there was individual confidential focus groups and interviews was coming back to work and it was a very high risk environment that what employees really needed was, was upper management, the CEO, the leaders to just come out of their office and do check-ins, not do your, your regular, routine of where you have to go do the, the walkthrough of different areas and check in. But they wanted that authentic connection of just come out and just check in and see how we're doing. Something that basic. So what you're saying is that a lot of since so this got um, instituted by the government. Was this recently? Um, how, uh, how recently with the standards with the psychological oh. Yeah, the, so psychological the, the psychological entity. health and safety national standards have been with Canada for 10 years. It was this year was their 10 year anniversary. Okay, okay. But it's only recent because of mental health in the workplace and well being that's becoming recognized that there are psychosocial hazards, not just physical hazards, but psychosocial hazards. 
Right, right. And like you're saying, if I, you know, you're thinking, well, I think the solution is enough. And then you do what you think you need to do. And if you don't get a baseline from an assessment, let's say with this robbery um, and, yeah. and what amazing information they would get, mm-hmm. right? Because then this is an international company um, that has locations across Canada. And the impact is, let's say they do this on not very well. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, you know, basically, um, you know, a, I think it's a 24 seven service. Um, and let's say you do it poorly on one location and that ripple effect. So other people working, say the particular yeah. shift that your daughter was working or even just working off shift or maybe not even off shift. Right. And you do it poorly. Then what does that do? Like you said, to retention um, with people yeah. thinking, well, I like what I do, but I don't want to be held at gunpoint. Yeah. And, and it's reputation too, right? Because right, depending on the business, the cost of reputation, you can't do a little formula for that if it's a major company. So it's like thinking, I always ask, so when you see your company in the news, do you want to see this company did not have anything proactively in place to mm-hmm. mitigate physical and psychological risks due to a robbery? Or do you want to see in the news, this company is ahead of the game. They are taking the lead in creating psychological health and safety in the workplace and ensuring their staff, employees, clients are safe, feel welcome, and we look after our staff and our clients. Right? So it's that reputation. Yeah, that would just be a backdrop to that company versus all of a sudden, you know, you're realizing they, yeah. and you know, now we are our own media, oh, right? Yeah. You have interaction, somebody puts something on social and yeah. it doesn't get addressed. That's, that's like, you know, wildfire where, and it, it, that reputation, like you said, that you're like calling in people to mitigate the reputation that yeah. now has, it's kind of come out of the gate and now you got to yeah. pull it back. Right. So, yeah. And you do a cost comparison of, okay, the cost to bring somebody in to mitigate the reputation now that's been tarnished or somebody also through that event put in a workplace violence complaint that now has to be investigated. So the cost of the investigation and what are the potential outcomes of it versus being proactive and should an event come, you've already recognized what are the psychosocial hazards? What are the risks? What is missing? What is working and how to strengthen that? And then should an investigation come or a lawsuit, you already have the liability covered saying we've done this, this, this implemented. Yes, the event happened. This is the action we took because we were aware of proactive measures we needed to mitigate the psychosocial risk. Well, it's showing that you're being preemptive, right? Like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, and we know with 27, you know, it's like emergency rooms and, and, and first responders and, 24-7 24-7 services, more than likely, you know, um, you'd be getting concerns versus a nine-to-five kind of, you know, IT firm that opens up at it and leaves at four, yeah. less likely you're going to have those types of things. So again, based on your 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 sector, um, you know, or even your size, like when I, I remember that, I, you know, this was a one case and normally as the executive, I wouldn't get involved, but this was a scenario. Um, major transportation, can't say, won't say. Yeah. 
Um, and what had happened was now I'm rarely because of course in, in my role, sometimes I would have to be available for the West Coast, but not very often. So what happened was um, this employee was seeing one of the clinicians. Now I was arm's length. I would just find out once in a while what was going on. And there was a issue with um, anger management issue, right? Potentially. So, um, and of course there were, we did assessments, you know, ongoing levels of assessments and it was done. The clinicians did all, did all their um, due diligence and whatever. And then it gets escalated to me because this particular person had threatened um, that they did not know what they were going to do when they saw their supervisor and their shift was starting at five o'clock the next day, this next morning. So hence I'm here and I'm escalating it up to the senior VP that I reported to. And we're like, okay, we, we got to do. So of course we did what was necessary, which is our, which is our due diligence. And we had that person taken care of before they entered the workplace. So it can get very, very technical um, to your point, but if an employer does the things that you're suggesting, like let's say something does happen, you know, um, then you're showing that you're saying, okay, we can't get rid of things happening. We are, you know, we're in a world with lots of things going on. Yeah. But if you ignore it, to your point, um, conflict avoidance, um, then you know that everything seems good, but what goes underground? And that's where the historical unresolved conflict then starts potentially escalating to costs, to time, mm -hmm. to internal conflict, again, to stress leave, disability leave, retention, right? In unions, then you've got grievances. Right, absolutely. The investigations, right? It's the unresolved conflict comes with a cost. So it's almost like we need a paradigm shift and just self-reflection of become conflict curious because that's how we are proactive. That's how we put prevention in place to mitigate personal, professional, organizational, operational risk. But that's the resiliency of learning from the past experience. So mm -hmm. if we look, look at the context of the robbery, it's like, okay, here's a series of events. Here's this is what we did. So what was missing? What are the gaps, the pain points? And then how do we fill them in for that next time? Because there will be a next robbery. Hopefully not, but more than likely, whether it's the one store or a different store in the same chain, there's gonna be another robbery. So how do we mitigate it by reflecting on what we did right, what was needed or missing, and that's risk mitigation and resiliency operational and organizational. And then the key is if it's a chain or a branch or larger organization, how do we communicate and share that information that's accessible, not just to leadership, but what does the frontline employee need to do? And they have easy access that they're educated on what is the safety net for them should something like this happen? And also, you know, one thing that we found um, was they would do the... Um, the debriefings and the defusings, right? Yeah. So the defusings is at within 24, the debriefings are within 72 to kind of, because most yeah. of us could go back relatively to normal functioning unless we have something really going on. What would happen with a lot of organizations, they wouldn't think of the people that were off 
mm-hmm. or not on that shift. And what would happen is um, there would be rumor milling around the facts, right? And you, you know, again, it's like, it's like that broke, you know, broke, you know, when you're a kid and you're playing broken telephone yeah. and times a hundred and it would create a wildfire until you actually got people together within that 72 hours to completely discuss the facts and thinking who's off on leave, who's away on vacation, um, you know, all those things and making sure that everybody got the same communication so mm-hmm. that you're addressing, like you said, that what that wide net yeah. is who's who's kind of at the time of the event, at the time of the robbery, you know, who was about to come in, who didn't come in, who did you send home, yeah. um, those types of things, because you're really thinking about, like, to your point, your daughter had had some issues with bullying, let's say. So she learned some skill because her situation, but other people that maybe have never been through that, they may be coping completely differently, right? Yeah. And and that whole, like the secondary or potential vicarious, the what if, right? Because we're all human again. You can't help going to the what if. We all did it with COVID at the beginning. What if, what if, yeah. right? Right. So if you take it in a business context, if you don't stop after a conflict, an incident, you know, an adversity of an, something happening, stop and reflect on the learning and what worked, what didn't work, just associate the cost of the avoidance and the, the retention. So as you gave the example, right, the, the extended effect of everybody who wasn't there, how much time is spent, lost in production when they come back to work mm-hmm. and everybody's, whether you're online or in person or on the telephone, everybody's talking about it. There's probably a good eight to 16 hours cumulative of the discussion of it because there's been no debriefing. So you take the individual salary for that day of every person involved and then management and HR's organization of potential debriefing or the time off now, it could be tens of thousands of dollars because of the reactive measures rather than creating a baseline of proactive, preventative, organizational and operational resilient management. And you know what that brings a point? I'm thinking when I just went listening to you, Trina, that we think about um, the economic times that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and how fearful people are over and above coming off the the the, the COVID kind of incident. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some employers are saying you have to come back to work. And they're not, to your point, finding the, uh, you know, I say, what's the litmus test tell you? Yeah. If they don't know that litmus test. Yeah. And then you put people in together and you're not, you're just thinking, well, you know, everybody's been called back to work, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You got to do it. So really in a way, it's almost like, you know, people have been traumatized and you're, you know, and then you're thinking, I'm just going to make them do certain things. Again, another loss of control. Yeah. And then you're going to come back and you're going to be nice, right? You're going <laughs> to, yeah. um, so what does that do to overall morale as well? Um, you know, yeah, and then- yeah. What? What? And they do what sit. Yeah. Right? The morale has deteriorated. I'm physically at work now, but my brain is somewhere else, and I'm feeling nauseous. But I'm at work. But they're not working. Right. Right. Where Absolutely. being, you know, having those trauma-informed communication, trauma sensitivity, mm-hmm. just awareness, and that check-in, that actual genuine check-in, not the checky box. Right? And you know. So, it's, it's, it's really, and I think it's, well, obviously we know it's, it starts at the top. Like, you know, yeah. in my new book, I talk a little bit about, you know, 
the leadership model of I'm not being impacted, you know, is the autocratic kind of old guard of leadership. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, leaders share everything that's going through their life, but I talk a lot about them. Look, you're a person to your leader. You're also having impact on your life. And if you look like nothing is affecting you and all your employees around you saying, well, if Trina's not acting like anything's impacting her, therefore I then have to stifle what I am feeling. So I think that 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 transparency around, yeah, this has been tough on all of us, I, you know, and sharing like, you know, um, a little bit about not everything, but at least being yeah. able to say, I hear you, I feel what you're going through. I've been through maybe this in this way. That really allows people to to have that that capacity to open up a little bit to say, yeah, I can relate versus the leadership teams that say, oh, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just losing a limb. Everything's fine. (laughs) You know, just just being able to connect with people just on a human level as well. Yeah. And that context, it could even be, you know, the experience of COVID or like first time I know for myself when the gyms opened up, I was excited. I go to the gym. COVID's there, you had to register and I'm supposed to, I remember I'm sitting right here and I'm supposed to go to the gym in an hour. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling nauseous and my stomach's tightening up. Cognitively, I know I'm okay. The gym's opened up. We got the, okay, there's protocol, but my body was having that trauma response because of the unsafeness that we were told for so long that the whole world experienced, right? Mm -hmm. So when the whole world and we're all human have experienced this, We've all come out somehow. So it's even looking organizationally, professionally, how have you individually, professionally, and in your business resiliently bounced back and are going forward? Because we have come out of it. We're still working. But can you name the traits, the examples, the environmental context of how you got through it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's and it's that leadership of you know, the humanity, I, I like to call it, you're moving from SOS to SRSR, self-reflection strengthens resiliency. And whether it's personal, professional, organizational, or operational, there's a tornado, there's environmental resiliency, there's business contingency mm-hmm. plans that are resilient. That's what resiliency is. We take the negative stuff we've experienced and how we coped and managed and worked through it for the next time stronger and better. I like that because, and I think, you know, we think of it, we we talk a lot about it organizationally, but I think just reflecting on it, right? Our homes became our workplaces Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and then, you know, whatever you're doing personally is going to be a reflection of what you do um, organizationally and then also societally. So really, you know, what you're doing impacts, I always say, you know, a 10, 10 foot radius around you. Yeah. So really kind of being responsible when you're in leadership to say, what responsibility do I need to take and what are my blind spots and how am I taking that time to be aware? Um, if, if I'm not an anxious person to begin with, but I'm kind of, you know, I had some, some friends that were very, very anxious. And at first I went, oh, and then I thought, no, stop. Right. They were like that even pre COVID. So yeah. obviously in COVID, you know, I had one of my best friends, you know, I, I, she brought me flowers through COVID and she was backing up as I was coming to, I'm like, I'm not getting close to you. I'm not going to hug you. <laughs> I want to but, hug you, but I can't. Right. Exactly. To, to really kind of reflect on your space and say, 
what am I about? But then in turn, what do I know of others? And then how can I look at my space and how I'm impacting others? So I think that's the gift, like you said, right? Like reflection, um, understanding, yeah. and then kind of thinking of that overall. Now, I know we're almost at time and I probably kept you longer than I should, uh, Trina. For leaders that are out there and they're saying, well, we've done some stuff. Yeah. I'm, you know, we've probably not too bad, but our short term has gone up and those, you know, arbitrations with the unions are kind of peaking up. Mm-hmm. Where where should they how, give them some things that or steps that they should be reflecting on? And then um, then I'd also like you to share where they can get a hold yeah. of you if they want to do some more work. Um, a good a good example would just be to as an organization or company is take a six month time frame of where you were right after COVID opened to where you are now and calculate the costs, right? I I do have a a cost effective and there are free ones online to assess the cost of conflict. So what is your retention? What is the sick leave disability hiring, right? What does that look like when COVID first opened up to now? Because you need to see the time, the money, what's missing to have that investment to actually wanna be proactive. Because what is it going to cost you if you can't find somebody to come work for you? Or the reputation is we came to work, but we quit because there's unresolved bullying and harassment going on and it's visible and word of mouth is powerful. And especially with media. So it's kind of looking at your retention, your hiring, your retirements, your sick leave disability. What are those numbers at right now? And envisioning what is that headline in the media What do you want that to be? Because under in Ontario and cross federally, workplace violence and harassment by law, you need to have a workplace assessment now. Mm -hmm. So what if that one complaint goes in and you haven't had that assessment and it's been over a year since it's been in, in place, the new labor code law, what is the liability gonna look like when an investigation comes in? Yeah. So really right. to think it through and see yeah. what, where, where is my kind of scorecard. And if you've been lucky enough to ha- not have anything happen, that's fantastic. Yeah. But like anything else, we, you know, things happen in different work environments. And some in work environments, you may not think I have to be concerned and you never know, right? And, but it's, I think it's every work environment because we're human, right? And human behavior conflict is arise and sometimes our interpersonal lives intermingle into the workplace. So even in the context of are your policies up to date regarding cannabis, right? Medicinal cannabis in the workplace, recreational, because more and more people are seeking medicinal cannabis alternative to pharmaceutical. There's Mm -hmm. new in Ontario, the labor code law for family violence. You need to have a policy and process in place that all your employees know should somebody be experiencing family violence? So imagine the litigation and the risk and the investigation should somebody experience family violence and, you know, God forbid, assaulted or injured severely that may cause death and you didn't have a policy or procedure in place or were even aware that that's now mandated in the labor code law. Yeah. Right? Psychological yeah. protection is just organizations educating their employees of what we have to protect you there's no cost to that absolutely well this has been amazing 
And I'd like you to share with people. Um, I'm sure there's people around there kind of checking the boxes and saying, oh, no, I, I have to go to care. I have to do this. Yeah. So if people were wanting um, to reach out and to consult or even uh, yeah. do some work with you, Trina, where, where would they get a hold of you? Um, I am on LinkedIn under Trina Rothoff TLR Solutions for Conflict, Inc. Or my website is TLR Solutions for Conflict, Inc. So you can email me. Um, Text me, call me, even if you just want a discovery call to understand it. And I can share with you a picture of even what the assessment would look like because I'm a visual learner. So I like pictures, I like colors. So when I can see metrics with yellow to red and percentages and numbers, it gives a bigger picture and it provides me more clarity. So sometimes, you know, just a discovery call because become conflict curious because it will have a return on investment and it will also have a return on your relationships. Awesome. Well, everyone, what, what am I taking away? You know, I always learn so much every time I have someone like Trina on. I guess, I, you know, what I'm recognizing is, you know, what responsibility as leaders that people have to consider about the, the bounce back effect of people coming back to work or being back at work. And if you don't know, and you haven't looked at your numbers, and you haven't kind of pulled that together, um, that's probably a, a good thing to, at your next, you know, um, health, health and wellness strategy meeting, just look at your numbers. What's your short-term, what's your long-term, what's your incidental absences? Um, what's your kind of your level of productivity or presenteeism or absenteeism, like they say, I'm at work, but I'm only producing at about say 65%. Look at those numbers. And then like Trina said, what is the average wage and what is the loss that you could probably calculate. And what I'll ask Trina to do is to maybe um, uh, put a link in the show notes uh, that you can probably do a basic one. And if you need more information, you can connect with her. So for my world, I am launching uh, my book June 10th um, here in Niagara and internationally um, in on June 27th. Uh, for anyone wanting to uh, learn more about authentic heart leadership and some of the things we're talking about today, please go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash book. You can pre-order your book. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, I can connect with a lot of you at the launches that are happening. Again, Trina, thanks so much for your time. And for everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.